Podcast. My name is Dustin. And I'm Lakeisha. And this week, we're going to sit back a couple cold beers on a hot summer day and talk about this week's movie that we saw just a couple days ago. We went and saw Valerian. The and city, the city of a thousand, thousand planets. planets. Uh, and before we get into the movie, though, we always pick out a couple of nice craft beverages that we always sip on uh, before we get into the movies. So let's get into a couple of beers. All right. Well, I am drinking the Stone Patascala Red IPA. Um, and I was looking it up, trying to figure out how to pronounce it correctly. And they said <laughs> they had like three different ways uh, that you could potentially uh, yeah. pronounce it. Um, I did not choose apparently the correct one. Uh, no, I did. It is yeah, the Patascala or the Patascala or the Patascala. Oh, wow. That is, they could have chosen a better name. That's tough. Well, it is based on. Okay. Um, this was the interesting part because I'm like, how do they come up with this name? Uh, the beer was first brewed in 2015 and it was to support music and arts education programs in Patascala, Ohio, oh. where Stone co-founder Greg Koch grew up. Oh, okay. Well, that, that that's better. Yes. That's better than just picking some weird, you know, I don't know, obscure European something. Yes. To name your beer after. So um, that's cool. Yeah. And I really like it. It's pretty hot. It hobby. is good. Yeah, we um, had it the other day at the family barbecue. Yes. For the first time I tried it. Um, it's a seasonal IPA, so I don't know how I'm going to... And it's a red, right? It's not just an IPA. It's a red. It's a red IPA. So. Yes. So... Um, I'm not really sure how I'm going to get more of this, but I want, I want more of <laughs> you this. You want more of this. Okay. Yes. So, quite good. And you, what are you drinking today? I am from Lagunitas Brewing. I am having what is called a Hop Stupid, spelled with two O's, S-T-O-O-P-I-D. It's an Imperial IPA by uh, Lagunitas Brewing, which is, if you're into craft beer, that's a name you're probably going to recognize. They're a very solid brewery that's been around for a while. They tend to make stuff with really fun names. Um, I looked up their website. Um, Lagunitas started in Petaluma, California. Although the website says that they uh, that the they started with uh, people from Chicago, St. Louis, Memphis, and a couple other places that I did not recognize. But it all got they all got together and started in Petaluma, and now they have breweries there: Chicago, Charleston, Seattle, and Azusa, California. And they all they have fun stuff. Like I said, this is called Hop Stupid. They make another beer called the a little something, something, something ale, which is a, which is also pretty good. They make something called the Wilco Tango Foxtrot, you know, WTF. I forget what kind of beer that is. But they're a pretty solid brewery if you're just going to be getting into craft beers, just a regular IPA and maybe a good place to start. Uh, I know that's kind of how they were, how I found them. But they're a good, solid brewery. They make fun stuff. And uh, that's why I'm having, having a Hop Stupid, one of the better Imperial IPAs I think you can find. Okay. All right. Great. And Stone is Stone in, is it also in California. I it is. Want it's in Escondido, California, but it also looks like they might have a second bottling company in mm-hmm. Richmond, Virginia. Okay. So. Yeah, we'll probably have. I'll, I mean, I for sure will probably have a beer of theirs on, on some future podcast because they also have some awesome names of beers. They do have some and excellent. So we're gonna. Beers. So we'll revisit Stone Brewing. All right, so we get into after the beers are done, we get into the movie that we watched, and what we typically do is we each 
uh, trade back and forth going over the three things that we liked the most or thought that were the coolest parts of the movie that we just saw. Yes. And again, this was Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. And directed by Luc Besson, guy who directed The Fifth Element, a and, film that is a favorite of ours. Yes, and produced the Transporter series. Oh, I didn't know that. And the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense yeah. after watching the movie. Also, another comic book movie based on a, a comic book series that came from France. Correct. Like, from, I want to say, I heard uh, one of the guys in my local comic book shop that I go to pretty much weekly was talking about it. He said he's pretty sure it was. Pre it came out, like, in the 60s. It has Valerian, been out for a really long, long time. time. And it wasn't called Valerian in the City of blah, blah, blah. It was actually called Valerian in, in Loreline. Yeah, yeah, Loreline. So after yeah. the two main characters. But, all right, so we're going to go back and forth on our favorite parts. Um, I can't remember who, who went first last time. I'll go first. You time. go first. Okay. Um, so, things that I liked about this uh, movie. Um, I thought it was visually interesting. Oh, yes. It was very visually captivating and entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, you, it, it reminded me, of course, it, it reminded me somewhat of The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Which, interesting trivia note, when I was looking up and reading about it afterwards, um, New York City in The Fifth Element okay. was actually inspired, that setup was inspired by one of the episodes of the Valerian comic, comic book, book series. series. Oh, that's cool. So I thought, oh, yeah. well, that makes sense then why you yeah. see that kind of visual um, similarity there. And I've heard that with Luke Besson, making a Valerian movie has kind of been a passion project. He's been wanting to actually do this. Huh. So, Yeah. So I just found, I found the visual elements there um, very captivating, very stunning. Um, and so that was really good. It was totally, you know, mm -hmm. lots of eye candy in terms of oh, what yeah, was done with for the sure. sets. All right, and for mine, and before I get into mine, because I'm going to spoil a little something from the beginning. If you've never listened to our podcast before, uh, yeah, if you're worried about anything getting spoiled, you you know, get ready because we don't we don't care about your spoiler warnings. We talk about plot points and whatever we want to talk about. So just be forewarned. All right, one of the things I liked was that so the city of a thousand planets is it's essentially a big floating space station that they call Alpha, and Alpha, which apparently from the opening montage starts with as the international space station Earth yes. international space station and there's this great montage where they show over the years as it starts like in i forget what year but like you know before before 2017 and then it jumps in a few years to the future and it keeps jumping as different nations or people from earth gain access to space they come to the international space station and someone is there to shake their hand as they bring apart something, you know, they add to the space station and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until all of a sudden they jump at one point in the future and an alien spacecraft parks up alongside it. It's enormous. And that's where you see your first alien species of the movie, of which there are a lot. Right. And, and they're all really cool looking. And so it starts with like, and now the montage goes into different aliens showing up and some human is there to shake that alien's Hand. Whatever or whatever appendage. appendage it has for them to shake, and then eventually, you know, the Alpha gets too big for Earth's orbit. I think is right. what it was, and so they send it off to just float through the cosmos as it keeps growing and growing. But it starts off as Earth's International Space Station, which I thought was—I have no, you know—of course it couldn't have been that in the comics, but 
but that was kind of a neat little thing that they did, which I enjoyed in the beginning. Oh yeah, I did too. That was actually one of my three things as well. Oh, was sorry the, about that. Nah, the fun yeah. opening sequence on the formation of Alpha. I just thought that was very creative. It was very fun to watch kind of that development. And I also was like, oh my gosh, it's the space station. And, yeah. and everybody, as they come, they just add their they piece. Add a, a piece to it. And that's how it. it keeps growing. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you get to the city. You have of a thousand planets. planets. Yeah. So I, yeah, I found that to be absolutely just super entertaining. And it kind of set me up for the movie. I was ready to really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you mentioned there were lots of aliens. In fact, there were 200 different species. I saw that too. I wrote that down too. Um, And yeah, I just thought that that's kind of crazy. And I love that um, Luc Besson wrote 600 pages Uh, of describing them all. Yeah, describing all of the aliens so that the actors who had to read that. Yeah, all the actors who, because I I think they probably motion captured a lot of those. They weren't just straight CGI when they, as they filmed the aliens, I would guess. Because it said, like, I read the same little trivia thing you did. And so all the actors who played all the aliens had to read a 600-page book about... That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. So I... Yeah. So I thought that was really good. I loved that opening sequence. Um, It was really entertaining. So that was my number two. Okay. My number two, I think... uh, I'll just also kind of reiterate the, the designs of all the aliens. Like, they all... Like, from the first ones you see walking onto the International Space Station, you know, other than... They all seem to be humanoid. They all have two arms and two legs for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, you know, but still, like, I don't know, everything just looks, you haven't seen it before. Like, there's those, uh, I forget what their race was called, who end up being a big factor in the plot. They live on Beach World, mm-hmm. what I thought of it as. And they just have this translucent skin and just the eyes, like you mentioned, though, that's, though they, have, they have the same dog, eyes as our dog. You know, there's like the starburst white eyes. They're just really pretty. And the CGI that they did for those aliens was masterful. It looked so cool and just so fantastical. And it was really, yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed that. Uh, All right. So my number three was um, how action-packed the movie was. Like, Mm. there's not a lot of slow moments in this movie. Which uh, was good. It's a little light on um, plot <laughs> or uh, depth. Indeed. Or, you know, chemistry. Um, but, <laughs> but that's okay because it's action-packed and you yeah. kind of just get just, to surf along mm-hmm. on a very entertaining movie. You're not going to think too deeply about it. And I enjoyed that. I mean, just from the moment, um, you know, Valerian hits the... Uh, the ground on their mission, you know, there's always things happening. Mm -hmm. And um, just one of the things that I think I've noticed, I've kind of started scrolling through uh, Lucasan's like work history and Uh I've seen many of his movies. And one of the things that I appreciate about him is that things are constantly moving. There's not a lot of still. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, um, you know, that can be overwhelming, but for the most part, especially if you're talking about a movie um, again, where the depth is maybe about an inch and a half thick. Um, it's it's good because you just get to kind of sit and surf the movie with the action and just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, which is really kind of what this movie comes down to. You just kind of have to sit yeah. back, because it's ride so, the surface level of it, and just enjoy it for what you see. Yeah, it's just so visually stunning. You're just like, you know, what's the next 
weird thing that's going to come bursting through a wall. And, well, you don't even whatever. have time. Like, I didn't have time to really anticipate that. I just really enjoyed watching it. And mm-hmm. then I was constantly surprised. I never had a moment where something interesting wasn't happening on screen. Something visually, act, right. you know, with action. And um, I, So, yeah. So that was my number, my number three. I really enjoyed that consistent action and just energy of the movie. Yeah. So as I chose for my third thing, uh, Rihanna, this, the, uh, the singer yeah. is in this movie and the little role that they gave her was super fun. The bubble. Yeah. She's like, she's a shapeshifter and mm-hmm. what they use for and what they use, what they do with her is really, is really cool. And it is like, you know, it does a little dance sequence for, for Valerian, which, you know, I think it was just there to, you know, show her off. To yeah. show her off, but it's really, yeah, but it's really cool. And then she still like you know, you know helps it along for a little while, and she's like they give her some of the funnier parts really of the movie for the yeah. small bit that she's in. But I was like, I saw that she was in it, and I was wondering, like in the Fifth Element, there's like a singer part in that movie, Correct. that Blue Alien Lady, and she's barely One in of it. The best parts of the movie. Yeah, but she's barely in it. Well, no, she was like in it because she had to deliver a thing and then that was it. And I was kind of wondering if that was going to be the same thing here, but it wasn't. There was a little bit more to it and her part was really fun. Mm, oh, really yeah. Cool. I liked her character. And uh, yeah, so uh, Rihanna was uh, surprisingly fun. I yeah, had no idea what to expect of her as an actress. I thought she cool. did pretty well, too. I thought that she uh, enjoyed her. She enjoyed her role. But um, and it was, yeah, it was fun. Mm. Short bit. So after we've gone through our three favorite parts, this is where we get usually spend a couple minutes maybe talking about the stuff we didn't like a ton. All right. So um, what were those? Okay. So my big thing was, so this movie is called Valerian. And if you see any movie poster or anything, it is in big block ass letters, enormous font. Valerian. This is your title character you got to have someone a little more charismatic than this guy <laughs> to be Valerian big letters on the movie poster main title character. Dane DeHaan is uh, the actor who plays him and he's, uh, I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, he's supposed to be out of the two leads, him and Cara Della, I'm going to say her name wrong. Delavine, who was, sure, sure. I don't know. You know, she played the, she was in suicide squad. She played the enchantress, uh, which, you know, a role that wasn't really well-received, I would say. Uh, but, you know, he's supposed to be the more accomplished actor. You know, she was a model before she got into acting. And she was way more interesting. I liked her way better than I liked him. He's supposed to be some playboy special agent who's, like, you know, gotten with a million women. And the whole entire time, I'm like, Why? Why? <laughs> With that haircut and that personality, why would anybody want to be with that guy? He was just, I didn't, for the, your title character needs to be, oh, you need to have some sort of charisma, which I did not find that he had. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize him really from anything. I was kind of like, I don't even know who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't until I think we were getting ready to get the movie that I was like, you know, looked him up, and I'm like, oh, hey, he was the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. 2. Also, I didn't 
Yeah. Still couldn't place him very well. I kind of got him um, in my brains. But, um, I, yeah, he was not uh, that charismatic. But more importantly, the chemistry oh, between yeah. him and um, Laureline, you know, in the – it just – it's not there. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it was – I, I was not impressed with the depth of the movie, how deep it was going, and and really how that chemistry was there. Like, you know, he goes from "I want to seduce you" to "Marry me" in a, yeah, that, a that was startlingly ridiculous. short amount. Of that time. was ridiculous. Like, um, come on. So yeah, so it just that chemistry was not believable. It kind of made their that like their love story throughout this also such that it was yeah not not quite there yeah it was yeah that that there was supposed to be some sort of love story between them was kind of like a uh, could could we have just left that out maybe <laughs> or i don't know yeah it's yeah that was that was really my biggest and that in like the the plot isn't that you know you know you're there you're there to watch the the crazy space stuff oh you know? yeah Absolutely, and, so, and uh, but yeah, that's really my biggest problem with it was your your lead character, who you named the movie after, was I could you know as any time he was talking, I wanted someone else to be talking. He was not particularly captivating. No, not at all. Yeah, um, yeah. my thing, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned it already. It just wasn't a very deep show. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I love Clive Owen was in it and I love, oh, I, like Owen, so I was really excited to see him. I hadn't really, I hadn't known he was going to be there. So that was fun. But, um, I, you know, it was, it was, it was okay. I guess you never yeah. really felt, I never really felt compelled or like I, no character really captured me where I was like invested in them Agree. for the length of the movie. Um, you know, I, again, like I mentioned earlier, it was almost like I was just surfing on the top level of the action sequences that mm-hmm. were happening and the, and the visual component of it. Yeah. But um, by the end of the movie, it's not like I, I cared a whole lot about what really right. happened to anybody. Right. Um, whether or not whether or not your two leads get together, you know, didn't care. Right. You know, she could have she could have shot him at the end, and I'd been like, I would have been fine with it. Right. <laughs> That's not what happens, but it would have been okay with me. Right. But you mentioned uh, Clive Owen being in it. There's actually a few cool cameos. Another thing, I didn't put this as one of my three favorite things, but it was close. Uh, you caught, I didn't catch this until you said it, uh, John Goodman voices a character. Mm-hmm. You caught his voice. That was, I was like, are you sure? And then that act, that alien started talking again. I was like, oh, that probably is. And I looked it up, and it was. Uh, the musician Herbie Hancock, have you ever heard? He made a bunch of instrumental music from the 80s. He did, I think he did one of the themes to Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, that we used to play in pet band and he's in it. Uh, and then at the very beginning of the movie, there's a guy who's like, I don't know, some world leader on earth. who's talking about why they're pushing the alpha, like the space station out into space, why it needs to leave earth's orbit. And that is Rucker Hauer, uh-huh. who is the, like if any science fiction fan knows he was the villain of Blade Runner. You know the sequel that we're, that we're probably going to watch in a couple of months. Oh, of course. We are. So that was pretty cool that that Rutger Hauer is in it for like a second. So there's some there's a few cool little you know uh, Ethan Hawke's in it for a hot second. Yeah. So there's some interesting names that you can catch in there. I like so there's another little thing that I liked. 
Uh, I've written something else down too. I can't remember. Oh, what did you think? I'm mean to ask you this. So there's a sequence where there's like a bunch of tourists and the Valerian and Lorelei go there too. It's a marketplace that is like in its different dimension. Correct. I right? saw that. Yeah. So I love this concept, but they don't do a good job of explaining what the hell is going on in the movie, I felt like. It took a minute to really understand what was going on. I was like, is this just like a virtual reality marketplace where they're just looking at stuff that isn't there? But it actually is a separate dimension. dimension. That they're like, they're virtually in the other dimension. They have to wear a special headgear so they can see the marketplace in this other dimension. And they got to wear special gloves that transports their hands. So their hands are like in the other dimension so they can grab and buy stuff. Right. And then when they go to leave the marketplace, they got to put their stuff through the special like converter or whatever, which will then take it from that dimension to our dimension. Mm-hmm. And then Valerian is there and he has his hand, his entire arm in a big box because it transports his hand into that dimension. And on the end of that hand, he has a gun. Right. Because he's there to stop like a, some sort of transaction. So he's there so he can have a weapon in that dimension, even though he himself is not in that dimension. I think it is a brilliant science fiction concept, but it just like it took a while for me to understand what was what the deal was. Oh, what did you What did you think? I, I'm surprised you didn't hear me giggling through that whole sequence. I thought you were laughing at the guy who was snoring in the front of us. Oh, I was laughing at him too. Okay. But mostly I was laughing at that particular sequence. Like, I mean, mm. it's it's a hilarious concept. I thought that was great. Um, I specifically loved every time they would show the tourists. Yeah. They were all just like wandering around the desert with right. these hats on, which was brilliant. That was <laughs> it just was these moments where you just stop and you're watching them and everybody is kind of talking to them. What looks like they're talking to themselves, but right. they're talking to somebody in a separate dimension. Right. And they're just like wandering around yeah. this open desert with these hats where and gloves on. Where there's nothing, right. Just wearing these weird hats. Yes. It was, I thought that, that was really clever and really funny. And it just made me giggle. Yeah, I was. I that was a, a interesting idea. I wonder if it's a commentary on like internet shopping and nobody leaving their homes, maybe. Or oh, I'm sure it's not that deep. That's true because this movie wasn't that deep. Uh, God, I think that might be everything I really have to say about this. Um, how about you? Uh, me too. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a fun movie where you don't have to spend a lot of time thinking critically about it. Um, (laughs) And if you do think critically about it, you're probably not going to enjoy enjoy it it as much. Uh, So, you know, go on a day when you're just kind of, I just want to. Yeah. It's the summer. You want to go into a cool theater and just watch some crazy ass space stuff, you know, in a cool theater. Oh, I do. will say this. So this, this cost a lot of money to make. Uh, I think I read on IMDb, uh, they think somewhere upwards of budget of $200 million to make this movie. And it is not making, it's not making that back in America because it's, it apparently bought not, we were apparently one of the few people that went and saw it this weekend. (laughs) It is getting crushed by Dunkirk. Uh, Well, I think that also just has to do with the weekend that it opened against. I mean, Dunkirk was like critically, is going to be like critically acclaimed and blah, 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 but you know, it, it's not going mean, to, nothing was going to do well against it, that. It'll probably do pretty well overseas in Europe, I would think. But I feel bad because I, even though, like, it wasn't the best thing ever, I like 
I like that it was like this guy, this director took like a big swing at making something really different. Right. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And I feel bad because it's not going to make a bunch of money in America. And so, you know, something like this, probably not going to get seen again for a while. Uh, So that's that's one other thing I'll say is like, you know, it's, you know, for the budget that they probably use to make it, it's probably going to, I'm sure if it does strongly in Europe, it'll make its budget back. But then, you know, good luck to Mr. Basson and getting anything else greenlit that that for that amount of money that amount of money that's for sure but but yeah but i'm glad that it exists i'm glad that he was allowed to try to make this big crazy passion project apparently that he had and i hope it doesn't even though it probably will prevent studios from taking big swings at stuff like this. well okay i don't think that's gonna happen because let's let's be clear worse movies have been made have oh. had sequels so I don't think it's that bad, but oh, I don't um, think it's that bad either. So I think it. I think it's it's fine. It was not the right opening weekend, yeah. and quite frankly, I mean, it's it was billed, I think, as a larger epic story than, than it, is. it is. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think he would want to make. It's just not a movie that begs a sequel anyway. I doubt he would want to make one. I mean. I don't know how apparently there are a lot of volumes of this comic, but I think this is enough. You are talking about the man who produced all three transporters and the reboot and taken one produced taken two. And I believe taken three. So I can't, I don't, don't call me on the taken three, but he, he's known for making sequels of of dubious movies. Oh, produced, directed, you know, different shoes, you know, so. Well, Again, he's known to be t- to tie himself there was, to sequels of projects. Uh, I think he's just cashing paychecks there. I mean, The Fifth Element, very well received, critically acclaimed. I mean, I haven't met anybody that doesn't like that movie. It, I think it did pretty well box office wise. No sequel. Well, I don't know. But, but I, your I'm, point is well taken. He's still he's still attached to those other things. So okay. Well, I think that is it then for this week's episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. If you have anything you want to say to us, feel free to shoot us an email. Our email address, as always, is ddkpodcasting at gmail.com. You could be the second person ever to email us if you wanted to be. <laughs> um, next week, we've been looking forward to this. Oh, next week's yeah. episode. We are t- so going to go see yet another Atomic comic- Blonde. Yet another comic book movie. Happy about this. But yeah, that this looks like a ton of fun. I can't wait for Charlie's Theron to punch a bunch of dudes in the face. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. So look for us next week as we do Atomic Blonde. Can't wait. Anything else before we sign off? I don't think so. Go see a movie. That's right. Thanks for listening. Go see a movie. <laughs>